feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. tonight to all of you is their open border that exists between us and Mexico. Not only is it an obvious leaky sieve, but I contend it is the biggest national and international security threat that this country has ever seen. And I say that because we are deeply, deeply concerned. We have no clue who is coming through our country. There doesn't seem to be any desire on the shape of this president to want to change anything. And in fact, his policies seem downright destructive to the United States of America. I'm sitting here and I'm looking at all the things that he has done. The withdrawal of Afghanistan. Look at even the drip, drip, drip in Ukraine. He's not in it to win it. He's in it for a stalemate. And then you also look at what's happened with our open border. You look at him pandering to the Chinese. You look at him doing nothing with North Korea. You look at him giving $6 billion to Iran. That's just what the, that's just what I'm thinking of off the top of my head. That is really dangerous, not just for our country, but it's downright dangerous for the world. And it's about to get a lot worse because if you look at what's happening on our southern border, In the last 24 hours or so, they have seen about nine to 10,000 migrants cross. The all-time high was somewhere around 10, 5, 11. So it's getting to the all-time high. And also the weather's getting colder, which is a better incentive for them to go across during the summer months. Of course, you can imagine how blistering hot and how just, you know, dehydrated and all the issues especially if you're coming from a hot country down there. Many of them are taking a flight and just kind of walking across, but there are others that are taking the old migrant freedom train like we saw images of. And that migrant freedom train, guys, we are now learning that about 2,500 people were on that migrant freedom train from Venezuela, and guess what? They ended up in Eagle Pass, Texas. So Eagle Pass, Texas, now looks like a third world nation because they all came there just like the Haitians that were set up under the Del Rio Bridge. Remember, they were set up under the Freeway Bridge about two years ago, and it was thousands upon thousands of Haitian migrants that set up camp, and they had their little tents and all that stuff. They stayed there for the longest time. Well, now we're seeing almost a repeat of everything happening now in Eagle Pass. And when you look at the swarm, it looks like it's like the New York City Marathon kind of running across. And there's nothing that any of these agents can do to stop it. They are overwhelmed. Uh, They're outnumbered. Suddenly you see a group of like 2,500, 3,000 people all at once coming towards you. A lot of them are single adult males, but there's also families there. It's not like you can open fire, nor should you open fire, obviously, on these people. And then when the National Guard, now there's word that the Biden administration is sending down National Guard 
And I thought, oh, wow, maybe Biden's had some epiphany. Mm-mm. What he's basically doing is sending them down there to expedite processing so they can have more migrants come through quicker and get processed quicker and come to a city near you. This, to me, is catastrophic for our country. It is catastrophic, I believe, for the world. Because an unsecure America and an American country that has zero accountability when it comes to migrants, and the world sees it, the world sees that everybody is just kind of coming in like one big old free-for-all. And when they see all of this and they see that the American public Now they're getting frustrated, but it's taken a long time till people kind of woke up. And when they suddenly saw like migrant shelters in their community, they're like, "Uh, uh, 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 we're not going to do that. But they are still coming and I see no end in sight. And that's why this to me truly is, you know, ground zero, number one in terms of the war on terror. You know, it's obviously a concern what's going on in Afghanistan. It's a concern what's going on in Syria and Iran and everywhere else. But the reality is, in the last year or two, they have had illegal migrants crossing our border from 150 countries. And that means that many countries that are not our friends, many countries where we heard people spewing hate at the U.N. this week, many of those countries are now free for all at our southern border and coming in and they are heavily weaponized. Uh, We don't know who they are. We don't know if they have a criminal background. We have no idea even the numbers. I've seen numbers anywhere from 4 to 5 million to 10 million. And then I've seen another like 1.2, 1.8, 2 million potential gotaways. This is a very dangerous and destructive situation that we will feel the effects of for generations to come. Once somebody gets into our country and they sort of morph into the country, There's no way you can track them. There's zero way you can track them. And poor old Eagle Pass, Texas, well, they are busting at the seams. Can you imagine little Eagle Pass, Texas, suddenly gets 2,500 or 3,000, and they were already busting at the seams, but they got it all at once. They couldn't stop them. They couldn't do anything. All they could basically do was have them come in. So that was the sole reason. And... This is I don't know what what the president is thinking, but it's obvious that there's no And we are back here on the Rita Cosby show. A little uh, technical glitches, but we are back and we are in good form. And a little technical glitches keeps everybody on the uh, on the uh, on the edge. It you know keeps you human. It's a live show, so what do you expect? But we were talking about Eagle Pass, Texas, and in Eagle Pass, it has been downright disastrous. It's been downright scary, and the mayor there in Eagle Pass, Texas, has been so concerned. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Can you imagine like a mini city coming towards you? And Eagle Pass, Texas is already busting at the seams. Even before this, it was a disaster. It was a mess. And it was just a zoo. So here is cut number one. 
This is Eagle Pass, Texas Mayor Rolando Salinas, and he is taking on the President of the United States straight on. I don't know what, what the President is thinking, but it's obvious that there's no consequence to thousands of people coming into the United States of America. And the mayor of Eagle Pass, Texas, this is cut number six, says that he feels that this administration feels that they are indeed, indeed leaving everybody high and dry. He cannot believe that the Biden administration doesn't care about the cities that are right there on the front lines. Here in Eagle Pass, we feel abandoned. We shouldn't have to be dealing with this. This is a federal issue. I should be having to deal with economic development. There's other good things going on in Eagle Pass, Texas. Shouldn't have to be dealing with an immigration crisis. And it would be nice. And I have made that invitation to President Biden, our vice president, anyone from the administration, please come visit Eagle Pass. At the very least, you know what's going on. Acknowledge the situation. Put out a statement. Call me. Call us. Let us know what you're doing to deter and control the situation. So there he is saying, come here. We're inviting you to take a look. Remember, Joe Biden doesn't seem to have the time to pop into Eagle Pass, Texas. Doesn't seem to have the time to do any of this stuff. The only thing I can think of, guys, and the more I'm seeing this and the more repeat of all of this And the more blatant it is to me when you see that there's a migrant train full of Venezuelans and we're going to get to the fact that now they are getting temporary legal status, which basically means permanent legal status. Let's just be honest. You know, it's not going to be temporary. But as we are doing all of this, they saw the train. They saw the train. We all saw the images. It was like this huge caravan all waving from Venezuela on their way up to Mexico. And you would have thought that, you know, they'd go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. They had time to see it. It's not like the train comes, you know, within five minutes. And so you would have thought that they would have said, no, we're going to put lots of blockades. We will not allow any of these people in. They're not allowed. We can't, like, start being like, you know, like, uh, you know, Amtrak. Uh, at the border, we've got to make sure that we at least have some sort of self-respect for our territories and our protection of our own homeland. And yet they did nothing. They allowed this massive train to come in. Now they're seeing this big image again. And that's probably the only reason that they're even talking about even the border, but they're ignoring it. They're like the border's secure. I mean, they just don't even seem to care. And that's why, like, when I'm seeing all of this stuff, I can only draw the conclusion, and I'm sad to say, that this administration does not care about protecting the homeland. They are clearly doing this intentionally. And there's no way that this could be a mistake. There's no way that someone could be misinforming them. The images speak for themselves. You see a massive train coming. This has been coming. The train of immigration has been coming for almost three years now under this Biden administration. And they don't do anything. They could care less. So this is clearly a concerted effort to bring illegal migrants into our country by the millions and to make sure that they stay in this country. And guess what? You know what happened? We were all together last night when the news broke that now suddenly the president, President Biden, 
has decided to make almost 500,000 illegal Venezuelans that are in our country. He's putting them on a fast track, and they are now suddenly going to get temporary legal status, expedited working permits, so they even go before the legal migrants. Think about that. There have been legal migrants in this country that have been waiting to get work permits for months upon months, years upon years in some cases, and they're now told, hey, guess what? You're going to have to go to the back of the line because suddenly these Venezuelans that we want to hurry up and get in, uh, they're going to be able to go in front of you because we got to go real quick to them. And let me just tell you, there are so many stories about criminals being let loose and sent to the northern part of Venezuela and keep on going, please. Uh, that's what's happening. Those are the stories and those are some of the reports. I don't think they're all bad people, guys. I don't want to hear that. But I'm just telling you, they're clearly not sending all their best. And if that's the case, you think we're going to be able to vet them in 30 days from when they come into the country? And then we're going to have them working in restaurants and delivering food and in stores and who knows where? Why don't you have them babysit your kids? How would you like that? I mean, this is just a crazy, ludicrous formula that we will feel the repercussions of, sadly, I believe, truly for decades, uh, well beyond our lifetimes. There will be, you know, stories written about five years from now, maybe sadly five minutes from now, of somebody who crossed the border illegally or was part of this massive freedom train, 400,000 people that kept on coming I'm using it in a metaphor because it has been just an endless train of people. And we're going to find out that one of them did something terrible or many of them did something terrible, just law of averages. And if you don't vet people, guess what? That's what happens. And do you think Venezuela, that if we call the Venezuelan police and say, uh, que pasa? Uh, does that person have a criminal record? They'll go click. Hey, wait, 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 wait. What about uh, Javier Lopez, MS-13? Uh, click. No, he's a nice person. He, he, he goes to church every Sunday. Nothing to worry about. You really think that they're going to be handing over records, even if we went, made an honest attempt, which we're not even doing. So I can only come to the conclusion that this was planned, it was plotted, and it is being allowed. And why would you want to destroy your own country? That's the question tonight. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Definitely loose at the border, that's for sure. It is a leaky sieve. And now, finally, some folks in the White House press room are starting to ask some questions. Do your job, reporters. I am happy to see. I saw CNN reporting today, a disaster at the border. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is that right? Is that really CNN? I thought it was like uh, The Onion, like a parody, you know, Babylon B. But it really was CNN. 
actually reporting that there is a crisis at the border. And now in the White House press room, they're starting to ask questions. Listen to this reporter asking a question to the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. How many people coming into this country illegally is enough for President Biden then? Say that last one. How many people come? How many people illegally coming into is enough for President Biden's administration? Enough for what? Five point nine million people have have been encountered illegally. I know the numbers, but enough for what? Enough just to stop the flood. As I mentioned, this is a problem that's been around for some time now, for decades. A broken system. Right, and they had zero to do with it. Zero to do with it. That is the biggest bunch of baloney. Malarkey. There's other words I can say, but I can't say it on the air. But there are so many questions tonight. And what does this president do? He suddenly makes nearly half a million, which is half the population of beautiful Montana, and makes them now, quote, temporarily legal and expedited work permits, which is basically a neon sign to say, come on, come all to America. And if they weren't enticing them enough before, boy, uh, let's give in expedited work permits. They have just put the green light to every single migrant around the world to come to America. This is nuts, nuts. Let's go to Jacqueline, line eight. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know, I I don't know if I'm misremembering, but if I'm not mistaken, a few months ago, when all of the illegals were flooding across the border, Joe Biden was turning away the Venezuelans. Why all of a sudden now is he interested in fast-tracking them to citizenship, allowing them to vote, uh, and allowing them to have work visas? What has changed for him? You know what's changed? By name, we have heard... Many of the New York officials saying, please let the Venezuelans in because there's been a lot of Venezuelans coming in. And many of them are ending up in blue cities like New York. So he's listening to Governor Hochul and others who've said, you know, they usually put them. If you listen to all the press conferences, usually the Venezuelans are the first ones that they sort of recite. They say, oh, we're getting them a lot from Venezuela, Ecuador, this, 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 African countries. But Venezuela usually comes first or second. So my instinct is we have not seen, you know, the mayor or the governor of New York say, get out of here. Uh, they're just saying, can we have more money so we can process them? So I think they're acquiescing to them so they can stay and work in their communities, get more money from the federal government, try to charge taxpayers more money. Uh, but I think it's a very dangerous proposition. And why do they want them to stay? Some people believe once they become, quote, legal, even if it's temporary, they can vote in local elections. Get it? Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. 
And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from High Point, North Carolina, where a pair of police officers were honored for their extraordinary efforts in saving a pregnant woman after she was shot five times following a traffic accident. Police say the woman admitted to accidentally rear-ending a car because she was on her phone. That's when they say the people inside the car that she hit opened fire and shot her. She was able to make it to a nearby Sonic restaurant parking lot. And one of the officers that arrived there on the scene moments later where she had determined uh, that her artery, uh, she had an artery bleeds in her arm and her leg. She told me also the officer said that she was five and a half months pregnant and she was concerned deeply about her baby. It was at that point where if we didn't do something quickly, the officer said we had to do something right away or we know she would not make it. That's when both of the officers used their relatively new department-issued Medicare kits, medic kits, uh, which are filled with things like tourniquets and quick clotting gauze. One of the officers says we immediately started providing those tourniquets Yet despite all the additional equipment and the gauze, the officers used the woman's gunshot wounds. You can imagine five of them kept bleeding. What a scary situation. And one of the officers says when we ran out of sterile gauze, we said, well, hey, we've got COVID masks here. They're brand new. They're unopened. Let's just rip them open and let's start using them. They ended up doing that. And the ambulance told the officers that she was in such grave condition Uh, She actually was passing out, uh, but they said that had they not acted quickly, she would never have survived the ordeal. Uh, Both uh, officers said to be doing okay. They even visited the woman the next day, and she appeared to be doing much better. Family members were also with her, and also she delivered a healthy baby several months later. That is an incredible story, and bravo to our great police officers, fast thinking, and uh, even the COVID mask came in handy there for a, a whole different reason. <laughs> That's a good news. There's a good reason just to hold on to them. You never know. Maybe you need them for a tourniquet or something else to stop the bleeding. Wow, 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 wow. Well, we are talking about the crisis at our U.S. southern border, and it keeps on coming. Uh, the protests keep coming, too, because there was a big protest that took place last night at an old senior center. Now another one took place again tonight at a senior center in Staten Island. Also some other ones, too, taking place all over the place. Things are just getting very emotional, and people are really frustrated. We are busting, indeed, at the seams. And we were talking also just, it's dangerous. This whole trek for the migrants is so dangerous. So many people say, oh, well, we have to let them in because it's not fair. Having them incentivized to go often hundreds upon hundreds of miles in the heat or in just desperate situations with coyotes and drug traffickers and human traffickers. Is there anything about that that makes you say that that is humane? And in fact, in the last week or so, there have been two drownings that took place in the Rio Grande. One was a three-year-old and the other was a 10-year-old. I mean, these two young kids who, you know, going across the water, they lose track, they drown. Uh, You know, it's just been it's a very difficult situation. Many of them die along the way. There have been a number of reports that nearly three quarters of the women 
and young girls that have been brought have been sex trafficked or assaulted along the way by, you know, the traffickers, the coyotes that are bringing them. I mean, this is really scary, serious, serious stuff. So how is that humane? Don't you think keeping them on the other side of the border, vetting them so we're careful in our country and also not incentivizing them to have to go with these drug cartels and these coyotes who are making billions of dollars. The migrants aren't making it. It's these cartels. They're being totally abused in every different direction. And yet, where are the voices speaking out about that? That When I hear these stories of what these you know women and, and young kids are going through, it, it makes you sick. It is just so horrible and so just despicable. And the only way to stop it is don't incentivize the cartel. Stop the business. Stop the, Stop bringing fentanyl across the border. Stop human trafficking across the border. Close the border. It was a pretty good job under President Trump. And guess what? President Biden said, no, no, no. We're going to change it all. We don't need to worry about that. Don't worry about that whatsoever. Well, here is we were just talking with Jacqueline, and she was asking, why Venezuela? Why Venezuela? And I mentioned that we kept hearing from New York officials like Governor Kathy Hochul about the Venezuelans because there were so many of them showing up in New York and elsewhere. And so she was speaking out, putting a plea, saying, make these because we want to make the bulk of the people that are here illegally. Let's make them legal through this temporary status that the president had just passed. And by the way, Venezuela is not like, uh, you know, it's not like the Bahamas, put it that way. Uh, it's not such a luxurious place in any shape or form. Caracas, in particular, is an extraordinarily dangerous city. It's a socialist government. It's a repressive regime. They are leaving difficult conditions. But do they still qualify for expedited legal status like this? Probably most of them not. Even though they are going through somewhat dire circumstances, they still probably would not under the rules of asylum in America today. But here is Kathy Hochul. Uh, Jacqueline, you had asked why Venezuela. Listen to the country that she brings up. And you know this is what she brought up to President Biden. And he obviously listened to her. We have been talking to the president, the White House, the Secretary of Homeland Security for many months, in fact, well over a year, about our desire to have federal support for money, locations, but also work authorization, because you have people here who are in shelters, supported by the city, and Mayor Adams is doing an extraordinary job, but they can't work. So top of my list has been temporary protective status for Venezuelans. Yes, we spoke about it yesterday. The president uh, tipped me off and said, we've been heard. He understands and uh, that the announcement would come today. And by the way, he still never met with New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who's been a lot more forthcoming in calling the administration out. I applaud him on that. I wish we'd see many more Democrats do the same thing. But guess what? So the president comes to the U.N. and There he is about four avenues away and somehow can't make it to the Roosevelt Hotel, which is the intake center. And Kellyanne Conway, of course, the former campaign manager for President Trump, says it was a glaring, glaring slap in the face. And it also shows where Biden's priorities are and where they aren't. Take a listen. When Zelensky is here, I think the split screen Americans see this week is Joe Biden in triplicate. They saw him at the U.N., 
totally ignoring the migrant crisis that was unfolding steps away in New York City, where he's under fire, under attack, really, by New York City Mayor Eric Adams and now even Governor Kathy Hochul, two people who very full-throatedly said they welcome migrants to the state of New York and now are turning their backs on that. The second part they saw with Joe Biden is, uh, is, is him and his press secretary totally ignoring what we all see, a man-made crisis at the border, that Jay Johnson, the DHS secretary under President Obama, had said in 2014 with unaccompanied minors about a third or a fourth of what we have now, that it was a crisis. It was, quote, the bane of his existence as DHS secretary. In 2019, Jay Johnson said that he can't imagine 4,000 crossings a day. It would mm. overwhelm the system. Wow. Here we are in one day. And the third 10, part they're seeing is, is President. what are President Biden's priorities? He's receiving the Ukrainian president again. I think we as a country open up our hearts without opening our, our checkbook um, infinitely. And I just think it's a president who's got the wrong priorities at all times. Uh, I don't think he has any priorities. Actually, he does. Climate change. Remember, there he is. We're in a crisis at our southern border. We're in a crisis is all this. And instead, he's talking about, quote, the existential threat is climate change. If only it looked like a uh, a windmill. Maybe if, you know, if there were windmills on the border, maybe then he'd go down and visit the border. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony in Clifton, line seven. Tony, what do you think? Well, Rita, it was just a year ago that Breitbart News reported, uh, just almost to the day, that Venezuelans were being emptied into our country. As a matter of fact, Homeland Security was tipped, they tipped off Border Patrol. Um, and they said you need to be on the lookout for them. Now, this is the same government that is now, you know, trying to make them citizens of our country. But last year, here's what they reported, and it confirms what you were saying. This is in 22. It says, according to CBP, which I don't know who that is, between October 21 and July 22, more than 130,000 Venezuelan immigrants have been encountered entering the United States illegally. In all of the fiscal year 2020, less than 5,000 were apprehended. This represents an increase, this is your favorite, of 3,000%. This is just one year ago. Um, Single groups of hundreds of mostly Venezuelan migrants enter enter our country daily. That was one year ago. And the fact of the matter is, is that this country has no diplomatic relations with us. We have no idea who they're bringing in here. And that really, Rita, has to make you wonder. Yeah, you know, by the way, Tony, Tony, I'm glad you brought up the diplomatic relations because even the ones we have relations aren't really sharing. They're not going to really share the details. But you're especially right when you're dealing with a country like Venezuela that has so much corruption and we don't have the diplomatic relations like you talked about. So they're definitely not going to sell us. I mean, look what look at the history uh, I mean, even think about uh, there was that case recently. Remember the guy who did like the crab walk up the um, up the jail right. and got out in Pennsylvania? Uh, and it was a pretty impressive crab walk. I'll give him that. But he was from Brazil. Turned out he had a murder uh, conviction in Brazil. He fled Brazil, came to the United yeah. States. His girlfriend was about to blow the lid on him about his murder in Brazil. And he kills her. Remember, he kills her 38 times. But it was a classic case of how are you going to find out what's going on in a foreign country? You know, a lot of them, even if 
even if uh, they were to give their names, we would never check. But a lot of them probably don't even give us the right name. Don't give them the right address. Uh, just say, yeah, um, I'll uh, let me list that bus stop in uh, Toledo. That's that's the address you can send mail to from here on out for the court appearances. See ya. And it, it it is that's why I think this is so dangerous. Tony, thank you. You are terrific. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to BJ line eight. BJ, your thoughts, my friend. All politicians lie, Rita. That's why. Uh, hey, at least they they're a- consistent, BJ. That's good. No, but when they get into office and they become public servants, some even lie even more, and they show you exactly. Case in point, Eric Adams never once mentioned this during the campaign. Now he's in office, and he's dumping, dumping uh, over 100,000 unvetted illegal aliens in our neighborhoods. Although, although actually, BJ, I have to correct you, because during the campaign— he was touting how we were a sanctuary city and everybody's welcome. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh, I don't think anybody interpreted that as uh, get ready uh, where you're going to have slashes in your budget and we're going to yep. be putting up, up in a four star hotel. He forgot that sentence, but go ahead. Yeah. No, that's called lying. When you don't tell the truth, that's just another form of lying. Uh, but they, be that as it may. This gentleman decided he was going to do this. That's why we need a convention of states to limit terms uh, of politicians, especially ones that like to stay there for life and become millionaires, and to cut spending. We don't have this money. Our borders have disintegrated. To have a country, you need a constitution, you need borders, you need a language, and you need culture. We are losing on all fronts. Our borders are almost gone. And I'm just talking about the physical border at the, at the, at, at the perimeter of the country, not to mention the ports of entry. Now, you have a situation where this gentleman just, just simply disregarded the rule of law. That's an extremely bad precedent to set because even in the smallest of transactions that you and I see on the day-to-day. Now, who are you talking people, about? Who, who violated the, the rule mayor, of law? Okay. The mayor when, and the governor. When you and have the president this, and the president and the pre- yes, all up the all up the ticket. When you have this, you have a situation where people say, "Well, this guy broke the law. Why should I pay attention to the law?" And that's why you have you're having chaos erupt over in, in Staten Island uh, because these people, very rightfully so, have the reasonable expectation that their neighborhood should be safe and that they shouldn't have to wake up one morning with thousands and thousands of people living across the street where we don't know where they come from and what their intentions are, or even if they're healthy. We have no way of determining who these people are and what, what, what's going to take place or, or whether or not they want to assimilate. Assimilation into a culture is very key. Now, you, you come from your, – your family comes from an immigrant background, as does mine. And <clears throat> what the situation is is that they didn't come to this country expecting people to give them a handout. They wanted maybe a hand up, but they assimilated. They, 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 learned, they learned how to work and do things the American way. Some people had to learn the language and the, custo- and the, and the cultures, uh, the customs. And, and, and by the way, learn like, you know, the Constitution. Learn, you know, I mean, there was, yes. like you just but said. Learn the laws. Yeah, yeah, but they had to take the test. You know, they had to like, you know, be able yes. to take a little test to be able to talk about the history of the country, so they felt connected. And, and you know, you know, it also, BJ, too, my father and mother both said it was one of the proudest days of their lives, you yes. know, when when they became, because they worked, it took six years for them back then uh, to, my mother to do didn't it. Have a, my mother didn't have two knuckles to rub together, but when they rebuilt 
when they rebuilt Ellis Island, she scrapped together every penny that she could and donated to them back in the early 80s, wow. about 1500 bucks. And, and I looked at it, I said, Mom, we don't even have it. She said, we will find it. She said, that is an important place to remember. That is where, that is where everyone was taken into this country. And her name is out there uh, uh, today. I have pictures of it. Believe me, it, citizenship matters. This country laws matters. And when you hand it out like candy free, it doesn't matter anymore. It's like anything else in our society. If I give you something, what will you do with it? You won't take care of it as good as if you've earned it. And that's, that's where we're at today. We are simply just giving away our society to anyone that asks for it. Yeah, no, you're right. It cheapens the value of what it means to be an American and and I think it's a slap in the face to people who worked hard, uh, like you talked about in your family and my family and so many families. And I'm all for legal immigration. If it's organized, done appropriately, people are vetted, checked, uh, criminal and health, too. I mean, there's a lot of issues. Remember in Ellis Island, they check even the health issues, too. Um, and uh, to me, it, it I agree. It, there's something so unseemly about seeing these pictures of thousands of them running across the border and this may just be the tip of the iceberg. And I, I see the, pre- you know, when I see them saying, oh, the border is secure, they repeated it again today. I, I thought, boy, these people really are on some really strong drugs because they look like they actually believe it. Like you kind of look in someone's eyes and they look really serious like they actually believe it. it it's frightening, really downright frightening. And, and obviously they can't believe it. They have two eyes. They see what's going on at the border. Anybody could see the pictures. It, you know, two-year-old would be able to figure out. And I agree, it, it just discredits the country and the whole process. And to be an American is one of the greatest gifts ever. BJ, thank you. And thanks for sharing the beautiful story about your family, too. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. Coming up in the next hour, we'll continue talking about the border and some new details. Also, so much reaction after Merrick Garland, the attorney general of the United States, had what could only be construed as one of the most fumbly, bumbly, crumbly testimonies on Capitol Hill that I've ever seen and that a lot of people have ever seen. Boy, was he pathetic. And a lot of people are now talking about what he said and what he didn't say. And also, President Biden, speaking of saying, he told the same story at a fundraiser in New York last night. And then about a few minutes later, he told the exact same story again, word for word, not saying, hey, you know, I just told you. It was like uh, like people in the room apparently were going because I wasn't in the room for a fundraiser for Biden. I promise you that. But people in the room were like, "Um, didn't he just say that exact same story? That's really scary. What does that say to you about the competency, the mental competency of the president of the United States? That clearly it is getting there and it is degrading before our eyes if he is now repeating. And then there were these moments he was with uh, one of the leaders, the leader of Brazil, and he looks like he's about to shake the flag. You know, and then like, oh, uh, that's not a human there. And then the leaders, they go to one side and the other guy goes to like to say hi to the president because they're all supposed to walk off together. 
and the president of the United States walks off the other way. It, it's like, it looks like Abbott and Costello, like, oh, who's on first? Who's on second? It's just some really awkward moments. And the retelling of the story is making a lot of headlines tonight because it did not appear that he even remembered that just a few minutes before he said the exact same story, the exact same one. Let's go to Stacy, line eight. Stacy, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Uh, it's been a while and lovely to speak with you again. You too. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, God, I, I mean, there's so many things I can say. I mean, honestly, Biden is honestly the worst president I can possibly think of. And, um, I, you know, Obama kind of set the stage. And even he said, quote, uh, or I can't really repeat his quote, but you know, leave it to Biden to F things up. That's and, right. Uh, That's right. And he, you know what? I agree with you, Stacy. that I do think he is probably worse than Jimmy Carter. I mean, you know, I, I just there's so many problems with him. And I feel like what he's doing is so counterintuitive and so destructive to our core on so many levels. Oil, gas, border, the list goes on and on. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You can't make it up tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show. President Biden has just announced the nation's first federal office of gun violence prevention. And guess who he's naming? He's putting his border czar, Kamala Harris, because she's done such a good job with the border. Now she's going to be leading this first federal gun violence prevention office In the statement that came out, the White House said the office will be overseen by Kamala Harris and other people on the team. And the creation of the office is a continuation of the administration's work on preventing high-profile mass shootings, homicides, and lower-income black and Latino communities being affected by these and variety of gun charges. Biden says gun violence is ripping our communities apart and there needs to be something that has to be done with this. Uh, by the way, of course, throughout President Biden's presidency, he's used a slew of executive actions to regulate firearms uh, and gone after them every which way but loose. Every time there has been any sort of a shooting, which is obviously horrible, whether it's in a school or anywhere else, he has gone right to go after the Second Amendment. He's essentially like had a bullseye on the Second Amendment and said, you know, well, people shouldn't have guns. They shouldn't do this. They shouldn't do that. Throw the book at him. It's over and over again. And all I kept thinking was, how dare he say we're going to do a gun prevention office? That's what I say. Real cojones. Because when I think about that, I think about somebody that we all know who had a little trouble with a gun. You know, I spent more time on my hands and knees picking through rugs, um, smoking anything that even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I 
probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone, <laughs> anyone that you know. And he was so high that by his own admission and his own book, when he went to get the gun that he wasn't required to have, he said, no, I've never had a history of gun problems. And if you lie on the form, it is a federal offense. So he's got two different charges tied to the lying, one to getting the gun. Of course, that gun ended up in a dumpster near a school uh, where it was for quite some time. And then they discovered it. Remember what? a I mean, you can't make this up. And remember, he was about to get a sweetheart plea deal, a diversion deal, where he wasn't going to get any charges, essentially, just a slap on the wrist. And then the judge blew the lid on it and said, well, this just looks a little uh, bizarre. This looks way too easy. This is a problem. These are felony counts. These are serious counts. And, of course, it was tied to all the tax stuff and everything else. And so they put it all together. Uh, It fell apart. And now he is saying that he's going to plead not guilty. He will have to appear in court, by the way. And it's going to be October 3rd. But you can't make this up that now the White House is trying to be the moral authority continuing to try to be on gun issues. And they haven't answered a single question about the president's son clearly having drug and gun issues. This, to me, is so hypocritical and it just looks ridiculous. And you're going to give Kamala Harris another item to go after Obviously, he can't be in charge of it. He's lost all moral authority on that issue. But I think the whole White House is. They've never come out and condemned Hunter Biden's actions. Even the other day, Hunter uh, Garland, Attorney General Merrick Garland, was asked in the hearing, uh, you know, if somebody has a gun and they leave it maybe behind a school in a dumpster, is that a good idea? And Merrick Garland, the attorney general of the United States, who was supposed to be apolitical, was like, uh, 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 uh. And they were like, you know what? It isn't a trick question. Isn't that a dangerous, serious thing? Well, I can't really talk about it. God forbid they talk about that. But they're willing to talk about every other family in America with guns. And that's why they are a bunch of hypocrites. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, They don't even want to focus on the border. I guess Kamala's done such a great job reining things in at the border. They don't need to focus on it. But that is far from the case. And as we all know, things are so bad that even in New York City, they are talking about cutting the Homeland Security Division, the counterterrorism division of the NYPD. This, to me, I actually thought was a joke. This would be the last place that I would cut at this time with all the big threats going on around the world. But they are talking about cutting the counterterrorism division of the NYPD by 75 percent. And it comes right after Eric Adams said that we will have to trim departments all over the place and certain ones will get major chops and major cuts. This is frightening that they would put something like that on the chopping block. That should be the last thing on the chopping block. The first thing should be uh, Joe's ice cream. Let's get rid of that. But getting rid of the counterterrorism that keeps us safe and it keeps other countries around the world safe, how is that a smart move? It is not. That is downright dangerous. And here is Governor Kathy Hochul of New York saying there is no more room at the end. This is what Eric Adams said not that long ago, that New York is busting at the seams from all the migrants. 
we also have to let the world know that there have to be limits to this. There is a limit to what we can handle as a state, and it's financially going to start ensuring that there are cuts in services. The mayor has said this. The state of New York has already committed $1.7 billion this year alone, and we're just starting to head in our planning for next year. It's, it's a huge strain, but it's also an opportunity to take care of the people who've arrived from Venezuela because their conditions in their home country you know, make us realize that they don't have anything to go back to. But you know what? That isn't really our problem. You know, that's not what this is about. And especially legal immigration is about vetting, checking, and making sure the Americans who are here legally, that they're safe. Don't Shouldn't that be the priority? Is there something wrong where migrants seem to go to the front every single time? And then they're talking about cutting all of these vital departments in New York by 5%. And here is Kathy Hochul's message to the migrants, even though the actions of the Biden administration, her actions, the mayor, the list goes on and on and on, have incentivized them to continue coming. Take a listen. 41% of the people in our shelters today are from Venezuela. They're literally from around the world, West Africa, South and Central America. They're coming from all over. But we have to let the word out that when you come to New York, we're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. But the smarter thing is to apply for asylum before you leave your country, and then you'll have a different experience when you arrive. But we're just trying to deal with the crisis we have right now. We need to get people out of the shelters and into jobs. And we have a a shortage of workers. And have them stay here, and they could potentially vote in local elections, which is what a lot of this may be all about, guys. And Senator Lindsey Graham said it's not about that. It's not about like saying, hey, you know, welcome in. We take you criminals and everybody else. No, he says it is about protecting the homeland. And he is really concerned of what may happen as a result of that wide open border. Listen to what Senator Lindsey Lindsey Graham had to say. Take a listen to what he said. It's pretty hard to affect American policy when you don't have a voice on the ground. All I can say is a matter of time before some terrorist group comes to a broken southern border and kills a bunch of us. Getting out of Afghanistan set in motion a lot of dangers. Al-Qaeda is now thriving, no matter what you hear, uh, in Afghanistan. So, yes, we need to change our border policies now. We need to change the asylum law. As written, as implemented, if you get into America and claim asylum, you never leave. You're never going to go back to the Trump years until you uh, adopt Trump policies. And the Speaker of the House there in Texas, Dade Williams, said, listen to this. He said this is dire and he feels he's getting zero help from the federal government. In fact, he feels they are working against Texas. Here in Texas, we feel like we are at war with our own government and they're doing nothing to help us. the governor and uh, his operation Lone Star and everything the Texas legislature has done is a direct result of the failures in Washington, D.C. Since I've been elected, we've spent $12 billion of Texas taxpayers' money on securing the border. And quite frankly, I've been to D.C. twice now asking for that money back, and I'm going to go back again. And we want to be reimbursed. We want a secure border. You heard the mayor of Eagle Pass in his own words They can't sustain this. This is an all-out crisis on our southern border. 
Yeah, it's an all-out crisis. Can you imagine saying, yeah, they feel they're at war because they are definitely fighting against the federal government? In fact, Greg Abbott put up those water buoys, and what did they say? No, you got to take them down. Then they put up some fencing, some temporary sort of barbed fencing to protect again also from Texas and Mexico. And what did they do? They cut through the fencing. I mean, you can't make it up. No, no, no. How dare you try to protect your state? You're going to be wide open and fully exposed like everybody else. They might as well just say that because that's exactly what they are doing. Let's go to Norm. Line six. Norm, your thoughts. My thoughts are, Rita, I've been pondering why Venezuela, since my friend Jacqueline talked about it and then Tony from Clifton talked about it. And um, I think it's because they have uh, the most um, angry, uh, violent political dissidents in their prisons. And um, I think that the president of, uh, of Venezuela and our president made a deal like, hey, go to the north, destroy America. That's what because it's, it's not the oil. I mean, we're trying to destroy our oil industry. So what uh, unless uh, unless we're trying to get oil from Venezuela, I don't think it's that. Actually, you know what? Actually, Norm, I actually think part of it is that I do think you're right. I think they're like, oh, God, who is the most violent uh, group out there? Oh, good. You come on first to the front of the line. It's like uh, it's like a scene out of Rambo. Okay, who's the worst? Mm -hmm. Come on here. You know, I want you Mm -hmm. to come in into the ring. Um, But I I think there have been, by the way, attempts by this administration to get oil because I think the plan is eventually they want to get oil from Venezuela or elsewhere, anywhere but drill, baby, drill back in America. God forbid they, They you know, dirty oil from Venezuela. Exactly. So maybe you hit it right (laughs) on the head. Maybe part of it is if we do this and we take some of all these people who we have no clue, including, you know, Mm -hmm. good, bad and ugly, because there's I'm sure a lot of good people, too, but good, bad and ugly. Uh, then maybe when we come to you, you're going to give us whatever we need. Because, you know what, next year we have an election and we can't have high gas prices. So it would be so nice if maybe a few months before you could give us the dirtiest oil possible and the Americans won't notice, they won't figure it out. Uh, That may be part of the plan. Real quick, Norm, that's actually, you may have hit it on the head, not intentionally. Yeah, well, I think, I think uh, Biden and the Democrats are looking at Venezuela as a blueprint on uh, how to uh, destroy a country? How to crush. Us. <laughs> how to destroy a country and have it even more yes. riddled with crime? Our crime is yes. not bad enough. We got to like uh, bring Caracas crime in. Yes. <laughs> wow. Bye, Norm. I think we solved it. Sadly, and it's not we a it's, it. it's not a pretty one. Norm, thank you. You're no. terrific. Have You're a, welcome. Thank you, Norm. And we're going to continue with your calls after the break. Now that Norm and I have solved this, one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, Kamala Harris has done such an amazing job at the border that now the president has named her to lead the first federal gun violence prevention office. I think she really actually needs to be focused on the border. We are now hearing 
And you could see it with your own two eyes because it looks like a river of people coming through from Mexico into Texas. And the numbers are anywhere from nine to 10,000 a day. So you do the math. That is an enormous amount of individuals that are coming into this country illegally. And those don't even include the ones that we call the gotaways that we have no idea about. And in May of this year, we saw these kind of numbers. Those were like the historic highs. And we are right on the verge of hitting those historic highs yet again. And we're just getting into some of the cooler months. Because, of course, if you look at it, it's September. So September, October, November, we're going to continue. This is going to be just downright overwhelming if it hasn't been already. And the fact that major cities like New York are even having discussions because it was an internal email that was leaked and a journalist got a copy of it saying that the counterterrorism unit of the NYPD may have to be cut by 75 percent. How scary is that? All basically to take care of the migrants. Other departments need to cut back by 5 percent. We are busting at the seams. We need more cops. We need a lot more cops. We are down on recruits in New York City because who wants to be a cop in New York City? It's too tough. It's too dangerous. They don't have your back. You get called into internal review left and right. This is not an easy place to be a man or woman in blue. And now you're going to drive them away even more and say we're going to cut 75% of your counterterrorism unit at a time where threats around the world are rising and all over the place and people are crossing our border illegally, millions of people. If anything, I would triple the budget for the counterterrorism unit. But this just shows that this administration and many Democrats across the country have lost their marbles. They have no idea of where the priority should be. They think it's more important to have a wide open border that would endanger the country than having more counterterrorism officers and sealing the border. How does this make any sense? They have clearly put their priorities all out of whack and it's putting all of us in danger and they need to wake up because this is serious stuff. The numbers clearly show it. The pictures show it. And these Democrats The folks that have allowed this open border, especially the Biden administration, some of the Democrats are shouting out because it's an American issue. It's not a Democrat-Republican issue. It's an American security issue. But the Biden administration needs to realize that they have destroyed this country with all the damage from an open border. And even if they sealed it today, we will feel the effects for generations to come. This, to me, is a dereliction of duty. It is just abhorrent. And it is what I think keeps and should keep most of us up at night. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go uh, after the break to calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Do you agree with me that the border issue is the biggest national security threat? Also, we have some more heartbreaking details of this case. This is so sad about the one-year-old who died in the Bronx at the daycare. Some more stunning details on that. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Sioux City, Iowa, which is going to see a lot of action, needless to say, uh, during around the time of the Iowa caucus coming up in January. Well, like many who have been in military combat, Patrick Burgess was less than an inch, sometimes maybe a second or two away from having his Purple Heart awarded posthumously. The combat engineer trained in demolition and mine sweeping, and he was first deployed to Vietnam in November 1967. He spent days on patrols, blowing up mines and engaging with the North Vietnamese soldiers he often couldn't see through the dark of night or the thick vegetation. But he heard their bullets buzz past his ears on countless occasions, and he could have been hit at any time. And the difference between, he said, a Purple Heart and not getting a Purple Heart is millimeters. And he was wounded at age 18 in a grenade explosion on February 18, 1968, uh, during uh, when he was on the road there in Vietnam. Well, earlier this week, veteran Burgess and his wife traveled from Sioux City to New York, where he is representing Iowa at the 2023 Purple Heart Patriot Project. It's a week-long event paying tribute to American veterans who were wounded in combat. And what a powerful story. Uh, It will be he and other Purple Heart recipients ranging in age from 37 to 100 that are spending the week visiting the U.S. Military Academy at West Point and other scenic sites. It's a way to honor some of our great living legends. And thank goodness uh, he is around to be able to be honored with the Purple Heart and also to be with fellow heroes and enjoy this moment visiting West Point and so many other places. Bravo to this great veteran and, of course, to all of our incredible Vietnam veterans. We love you. We appreciate you and welcome home. Well, one organization that does so much to honor our veterans is the great Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And this Sunday, everybody, I'm going to be a part of the big walk run with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Again, it's coming up on September 24th. And all of us here at the Red Apple Audio Network are encouraging our great listeners like all of you to donate to our individual teams. That's right. You can go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com, walk.ritacosbyonline.com, click on my picture and donate. All the proceeds go to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. I'm so honored to be a part of it and a part of this great event. They do so much to help so many of our heroes with the mortgage-free homes and so many of the other things that they do that are truly life-changing for family members and those who have been seriously, seriously wounded. Let's never forget those that help America's heroes. And the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is top of the list. Let's raise some money, please. All of us, please join me as we raise money for veterans, our first responders, and 9-11 victims. Go to walk.ritacosbyonline.com, click on my picture, and whatever you can give, we greatly appreciate it. It helps so many of our great, great heroes in this country. Well, we're talking about the chaos at the border. And don't you feel like everything going on right now In America, like there's no leadership. I feel like it's rudderless. I feel like you got, we talked about this border czar. 
that doesn't seem to exist in any shape or form. And now she's getting appointed. I can't believe this to a, a gun prevention group. Uh, meanwhile, the president's son is up on gun charges. You can't write that. You know, it's it's just uh, it's incredible moment. And who knows what's happening with the president with the impeachment inquiry. Uh, this is just an extraordinary time. And through it all, the attorney general of the United States was testifying yesterday. And he was asked about the border, asked about the crisis at the border, asked about the problems at the border. And he didn't seem to have an answer about anything. When he was asked about the border, he was like, oh, well, it's going to take too much time. I don't really have an answer. Boy, was he fumbling and bumbling. And everybody today, you see the headlines. I said this yesterday. I used the word pathetic because he really looked pathetic. He looked weak. He looked like he didn't want to answer anything. He was afraid of his own shadow. He was panicky. He seemed ill-equipped. He seemed like somebody who was certainly not ready to be the top law enforcement officer of the United States. It, it to me, was abysmal, and it was embarrassing. And here is this one moment. Let's not forget this moment. This is Merrick Garland, the attorney general, being grilled. He's asked, you know, here with the Hunter Biden investigation, do you recall talking to the FBI? That's a big deal. Did you talk to the head of the FBI? Uh, I mean, it's a pretty easy answer. You definitely know if you talk to your bosses about your boss's son to the head of the FBI. And somehow it was the Sergeant Schultz defense. I know nothing. I know nothing. Take a listen. Have you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? Uh, I I don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department it's, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't recollect. You don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son. I, I don't believe that I did. I promised the Senate when I came um, before it for confirmation that I would leave Mr. Weiss in place and that I would not interfere with his investigation. Okay. Did I you ever? Kept, I have kept that promise. All right. I know nothing. I don't know anything. I'm really lost. I have no clue. The only person that I could think of that maybe is even worse off is our president of the United States. Because, boy, here is the new headline coming out just a little bit ago. President Biden apparently repeated a story that he's repeated a whole bunch of times, but he repeated it word for word just a few minutes apart at a fundraising event at a campaign reception in New York City yesterday And he repeated that 2017 Charlottesville story. Remember the Charlottesville story where he says that that's what inspired him to run for president uh, when President Trump talked about the people that were there in Charlottesville. And he said, um, you know, he went on and on and on at this event. Again, the 80 year old president said, you know, that he wasn't planning to run whatsoever. And then Charlottesville happened. And he said these terrible people that were there in Charlottesville, all these things, he describes it in detail. And then a few minutes go by and he tells the exact same story again and does not realize that he told it exactly, not just the story, but the follow-up story. It was like verbatim. And the White House transcript, if you look at it, you know, people thought, God, is that a typo that like maybe they repeated it again? No, apparently he actually repeated the story word for word with a straight face. And people in the audience were like, "Uh uh-huh, like, uh, uh, Mr. President, uh, you just said that. Uh, It was just a very bizarre, weird moment, and it really epitomizes 
the fact that he's degrading before our eyes. And many medical experts say that when somebody kind of repeats phrases or stories or things like that, it obviously happens to people who are getting up there in years, and it may be an early sign of dementia, Alzheimer's, who knows what. But there's clearly some cognitive issue that he repeated the same story with a straight face and didn't even realize he told the story literally just minutes apart. We're not talking hours or days or any of these other things, literally minutes apart. And he's had his share of gaffes. Here's just a few of them uh, that have racked up over the years. The best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. From, from, uh, uh, Char- excuse me, from Charlotte, one, another line going from in Florida down to Tampa. Of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him, uh, put, the idea that um, Los Angeles and, uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? For two reasons. One, to, we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, let uh, me um, say it another way. But the nature, not a solid meeting with, um, with uh, the, uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Here's what you can do, the drivers. We want to expand pre-K for three- and four-year-olds, millions of pre-K students. Wow. We need a translator for all of that. But isn't it really concerning as we're talking about national security and major issues? Do you really think that this is a guy who's even aware maybe of what's going on the border. I think he is aware, but he's clearly turning a blind eye. That's one issue. And then in addition to all of that, he has his priorities out of whack and he's just kind of drifting through this week. There were so many key meetings that took place with this president. I mean, he met with some of the biggest, most important leaders in the world at such turbulent times. And this is the person who's spearheading the effort to keep America safe and the world safe, where how goes America is how the world goes. We all know that it is clearly the most important position to be the leader of the free world. And it's not an age thing. It is clearly a mental deterioration. Uh, And I think either he's so preoccupied he can't see what a danger this is, his lack of communication, but also lack of ideas and lack of values to protect the homeland on so many different levels. You know, it's like I feel like they just put a piece of paper in front of him and say, hey, well, we're going to make 500,000 Venezuelans legal. Uh, Just sign right here, Mr. President. Remember that moment with Dianne Feinstein where the guy comes over and says, "Uh, say yes, you want to vote for, oh, yes, yes, yes. Like I feel like here's the pen. Let me me move it. Uh, Let me sign your name for you, Mr. President. That's what I feel like is going on. It is frightening.
1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mark, line five. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, Yes, Rita, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm just here to weigh in just basically what you just said. Um, I find it fascinating that uh, this bumbling idiot Biden who embarrasses us all across the world uh, it's orchestrated. He's protected um, by, by the media and everybody else. And yet Ronald Reagan got through his total administration, OK, with with really no uh, perception of uh, mental uh, deficiency. And yet after he was out, the liberals and everybody just seemed to focus on while well, he was writing that out when he wasn't really uh, um uh, he shouldn't have been in that position. You know, he was he was losing it. And um, Biden is in the throes in the midst of a presidency and contemplating another one. And he is way beyond anything Ronald Reagan ever uh, ever shown. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I agree. I agree. And And, you know, you know, the thing is, too, Mark, that we have seen a spry Joe Biden. We've seen, even just in the last few years, he's really degraded before our eyes. And I feel bad for him. I mean, it's clearly, there's clearly something that's happening. He's degrading. He's falling apart. Um, and he's having mental issues. And he deserves to retire, enjoy the rest of his life somewhere. He shouldn't be in the presidency and in private discussions with people dealing on critical issues and saying he's going to run for another term. I'm, I don't know if he's going to make it through this term. And he's talking about another term. And who is it? Nikki Haley, who's running, who's doing quite well. She's kind of emerging. And she has come out and said, listen, a vote for Joe Biden now is a vote for Kamala Harris. And I think she's right. I mean, I don't see how either him wanting to run or or the Democrats, 70 percent of Democrats don't want him because they see what he's going on. It's so crazy. Let's go to Phil. Line four. Phil, your thoughts about all this. Good evening, Rita. I've got I've got. Two quick things for you. First of all, you've got 100,000 plus migrants in New York. Okay, let's say let's turn the disc around and look at it another way. Let's say there was a tragic event in New York, a really bad situation. God knows what something could happen where you've got close to 50 to 100,000 New York citizens in the five boroughs. Would this would the mayor direct 12 billion dollars to help them? I don't know about that. I don't think that was going to happen. Also, also, if let's say we didn't have the migrants here and let's say 50,000 homeless appeared in in New York, from New York, uh, from from New Jersey, from Philly, from Connecticut. Do you think they do anything to help them? No. And the biggest joke of the whole thing is that when Biden tore open the gates and let all these people in when he got in office, there was never in any document anywhere in the Senate or the House of Rep a plan to deal with the influx of two and a half million new people who are not even citizens but got here illegally. You know, you are right. Uh, and, you know, I, I want to tackle it. First off, you're correct on the back half. And on the front half, you know what's really sad, Phil? I don't know. You're just like you said, would they spend that kind of money on legal citizens that have been here? I don't think so. I don't think at a time right now where money is tight 
Would they suddenly go and say we're going to spend $12 billion and cut other people's services? And, you know, what if it was, you know, uh, X amount of homeless veterans that were staying? You know, what if suddenly 100,000-plus homeless veterans showed up in New York? Um, I would hope they would. And, by the way, you and I would be out there touting the horns and asking people to help. We'd probably try to get companies and private uh, individuals to help them. But I don't think uh, the Biden administration would help. And I don't know if this city government would help. I think they would do something, but they would go nowhere. I don't think we'd even see a B. I don't even know if we'd see an M, meaning million. Uh, I think it would be so little. And that, that is actually a really good example. And that's why this, uh, their priorities are so out of whack. But if it's a migrant, it's like four-star hotel, four-star this. And they wonder why people are angry and there's resentment. They're creating it. That's why these grandmothers are out there shouting at all these different places. They're frustrated. They don't want them in their neighborhood. And they're saying, wait a minute, it's not smart. And why? What about our kids? Uh, what kind of future are you giving our kids with a bunch of, you know, unvetted migrants next door that get freebies? Uh, there's something wrong. And I think you hit it on the head. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. On the Rita Cosby Show, as we're talking about the border, let's remember, of course, the fentanyl that's crossing. Some really sad details tonight just about how much fentanyl was in that daycare. It was posing as a daycare. There were kids there, um, but unbeknownst to the parents, there was also a lot of fentanyl. And remember that little boy was poisoned uh, by the deadly synthetic opioid and uh, three others. Uh, seriously, at that daycare in the Bronx. Well, now it turns out not only was there a whole bunch of fentanyl and a fentanyl sort of like a a press, a drug press there, but also that when police went back again to the apartment building, to the location there where little Nicholas Feliz Dominici was poisoned, they also found a secret door in the kids' playroom of all places, and it led to a space with even more drugs, with more fentanyl, And also there was like a hiding spot. It was four inch deep hiding spot, tile on wood flooring. So it was clearly a front. Uh, I mean, fentanyl all over the place and you're having a kid's daycare. I mean, if this is not a a case of where you should throw the book at these people with drugs everywhere and hiding spots and in a kid's playroom and the other one was in the nap room. This to me is as reprehensible. It's unforgivable. The people are charged with murder and I'm glad the feds are in because hopefully it means they will be locked up and never see the light of day. Uh, if indeed they played a role in this, they need to be held deeply, deeply accountable. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ted in Forest Hills, line two. Ted, your thoughts? Yeah, my thoughts are, please, um, I have a one-year-old living 20 feet from me. Oh. The thought of him dying, I would die myself. Absolutely. Who could ever do that to these beautiful little kids? Who could ever? He's handsome. His eyes are so wide. He's going to be a lady killer. Ah, I'm sure sure he is. (laughs) Yeah. President Trump is not, uh, President uh, Biden, excuse me, my God, is not too old. He's senile. My father was 103, blessed memory, and he recognized me. He said, where's my 59,000 for the Corvette I bought you? 
Wow. By the way, by the way, Hunter might have said that to Joe Biden, too, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) Ted, you are terrific. Give that little beautiful one year old a big, big hug from all of us with the big, bright eyes. And you're right. uh, Age is just a number. But clearly, Biden is degrading before our eyes. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.